This June 21st edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is June the 20th, Tuesday, and we are here to handicap the full game of action for Wednesday, June the 21st. It is a three-man concern again this evening. Uh, firstly, joining us is Mr. Dylan Rockford. D-Rock, how are you doing? The Mets won a game. Has that put you in a tremendous mood? Uh, yeah, they, they got lucky. Lante was uh, chirping at me. I think they got lucky, but they did actually play well. Um, but yeah, overall doing well. Uh, I see you got the football jersey on, but you see the boys in the red, white, and blue. Won another cup. Kafa Cup or whatever that whatever that league is. <laughs> they did. But, but hey, we beat who do we beat? Canada, we beat Mexico. We're just we're doing shutouts. Two nothing, three nothing. So we're doing good over here on this side of the pond. Yeah, it was the uh, CONCACAF Cup, uh, Dylan. But yeah, they did well. Okay, yeah, because uh, Mexico Mexico are on the wane a little bit, the aging team, but Canada are a good side. Um it was a little bit controversy as well, which you don't need to touch on, but yeah, yeah, good knowledge, Dylan. Thank you for including me in your football chat. England won 7-0 yesterday, 7-0. Um, so, yeah, a little flex on that one. Uh, and third this evening, uh, joining us fresh or possibly not fresh from Las Vegas, um, it's Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, is it fresh or is it not fresh? Well, for now, fresh. Uh, I know a couple of my friends actually went to the soccer match against Canada that was taking place oh, nice. in Vegas. So they went. Uh, I saw it on the, on the sportsbook TV, you know, my natural habitat. So that was fun. Uh, U.S. took an early 2 nothing lead, held on from there. Yeah, Malcolm, I know that uh, England won 7 nothing. You're lucky they didn't face off against South Macedonia. You know, because North Macedonia is a cakewalk. Oh, yeah. But either way, uh, I know England won comfortably. Seems like so far, Chalk's kind of... Uh, taking care of business in the uh, qualifiers there in the Euros. I know France had a bit of a war there with Greece, but they won one nothing in that penalty kick. But for the most part, yeah, I've uh, been uh, pretty eventful uh, last couple of days. Lost my hearing for a bit, which was nice. Lost my voice for a little bit, which was nice. Uh, usual Vegas, I'd say, drawbacks. But I had a good time. It was fun. Uh, the pie gout tables were not kind to me. I lost a couple hundred bucks there. But I did end up winning with the Red Sox, uh, basically to sweep the doubleheader against the Yankees, because the Yankees have been brutal. Uh, but that worked out well. Uh, by the way, Dylan, I'm not sure if the Mets got lucky last night when they won by, like, 10-plus runs. But you can explain to me how that was luck, you know? Uh I want to ask you before we get into the Mets, what's up with the group text between soon to be bride and us? Yeah, I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't happy about that either. I Scott. just didn't get that. Uh, I was not in charge of that decision, obviously. So the first thing I did when I saw the group chat was delete the group chat. <laughs> I did. But uh, it was actually kind of funny that you bring it up because right before we went live, the actual tweet that i made went full circle i tweeted it i believe it was on either i think it was friday 
it got liked by a stripper organization in Vegas. So it went full circle. <laughs> so that's like the perfect path to the actual, uh, you know, tweet that I had. So there you go. Well, uh, so you two boys were in on the show yesterday. So I had a little story about a, a stag do, a bachelor party that I worked at on Friday night, um, which I can't, I think we fulfilled our quota for saying strippers and cocaine uh, for the week yesterday. So you'll have to listen back if you want me to tell you the story again. Uh, but it was it was quite an amusing tale. Yeah, that's just asking for trouble. That group chat, I think it's as it's more. You just surely you just don't want to know what's going on. That's no. the best policy. I find that's, that's the best policy with most things. Like just, I'm, I'm quite happy not knowing. I go out of my way to not know things like yeah. on a daily basis. So to, to actively put yourself in that position, it just seems insane to me. Uh, so yeah. I, you, I didn't you were, do it, so that's that's that wasn't my problem. But now know. they're asking for you to do a line on YouTube. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's referring to last night's conversation. That's a, a new name, Chase, in the chat. Uh, I think that's frowned upon, Chase. I'll run it past Human Resources, uh, and we might get onto that tomorrow if it's a green light. Um, TVBDBJ is on a hashtag streak of getting first into the chat. Four or five nights on the spin here. Uh, Captain Insano is flexing that he beat me in the Fantasy League. Again, okay, it's uh, Tuesday now. You can have one more night, Captain, tomorrow. Then we're hearing no more about it. And um, who else is here this evening? Randy's in, uh, as per usual. So, uh, good evening, everybody. Lovely to see everyone. Um, five games, sorry, four games off the board tomorrow. Um Quite a few like proper TBD pitchers. Sometimes you get a TBD pitcher and we know who it's going to be. Um, I've got three where I've got absolutely no idea. And Cleveland have just announced um, a rookie we can talk about in a little while. Um, so we've got 11 or kind of 11 and a half um, games that we can that we can handicap. So uh, we will bosh straight on um, once I've told you about um, bird dogs. Um, I've been complaining and it's been too hot recently uh, in England. It rained and rained and rained and rained all day yesterday. Small boys football was cancelled, which was I was delighted about because I could sit and watch the cricket on the telly. Uh, but yeah, it's been bird dog shorts weather. Absolutely. Uh, just the thing for your bird dog stretch cargies, uh, your slimmer fit, your sculpted look. Um, bird dogs made by the stiff restricting cotton um, but stretches so it gives you a way slimmer fit and you don't have to sacrifice any movement as well as that uh, bird dog's fantastic anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day uh, so if, you, if any of that appeals to you for the hot summer go to birddogs.com slash pool enter the promo code pool P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler uh, and you will not want to take your bird dogs off we promise you. Um, okay, Kaysen's uh, joined in. Kaysen, how are you doing? Um, 6-4 Eastern first pitch. Oh, what a game this is. Um, the Kansas City Royals take on the Detroit Tigers. Uh, where? Oh, hang on, that's today. Oh, shit. Oh, imagine that. I could have been a disaster. Uh, they do play each other, but that's later on in the show. Oh, that could have gone wrong. Um, oh, loads of days for tomorrow. That's fun. Um, 12-10 Eastern. Nice early start. Tampa Bay Rays are at the Baltimore Orioles. They're at home to the Baltimore Orioles. Tyler Wells for Baltimore and Taj Bradley 
for Tampa Bay. I, th- I think uh, we have like during Tropicana. Yeah, at Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, pulled myself together. Baltimore plus one twenty-five. Tampa Bay Rays minus one fifty with a total of eight. Dylan, do a better job than I am and handicap this game. Yeah, so I kind of like um, the over. I got it at seven and a half, still like an eight. I made my total 8.5. I'm kind of out on back in Taj Bradley for the time being. You know, it gives up a little too much hard contact for me, whereas Tyler Wells has been very consistent for the Orioles this season. The Orioles have only one loss uh, on the road for him this season. He tends to give up the home run ball here and there, but for the most part, he gives the Orioles great length. He strikes out a lot of batters. Uh, he's, he's only struck out less than seven batters. Batters one time in his last seven starts. So a look towards a K prop for Tyler Wells. Last time we were out, he was out there, we got a four and a half and I hammered the over. So I think both offenses will be able to continue to score some runs here, but uh, like the over. And I think the Orioles are live here with just a much better pitcher. So I'm going to back the Orioles and the over. Okay, Scott. Yeah, I think for this one, it's pretty tricky because if you want to just blindly back the Rays at a cheap price, you're not going to get really an argument from me. Uh, But the other problem you kind of have with Wells is that he's given up 16 home runs in 81 and two-thirds. So if you think that Tampa gets a couple runners on, maybe it's a bomb or two at home, which you know they're very good at doing, then I do think they can open up a lead here. I agree with the over, though. I think you're going to see some runs in this game. Uh, Bradley has not been that great lately. Wells has been good, but once again, the home run concerns are still there. And Tampa set the... Was it the all-time record or the AL record for most consecutive games with a home run earlier this year? Oh, nice. That was all-time. I missed right? that. Uh, I didn't see that at all. So I couldn't uh, tell you. It was, a, it, was a, it was a huge stretch. That was a while ago. But still, the point is Tampa's 31-7 at home. So I do think they're going to be able to get some offensive production against Wells. They were not great over the weekend, but San Diego's been playing some good baseball lately. So I'll give it a little bit of a pass there. But I am going to link to the over. I think Tampa team total over is worth a look. Baltimore team total over is tempting too. So, yeah, if you can still find a seven and a half, I would take the over. Yeah, uh, over was my play as well. Wells has been relatively consistent, but slightly worse on the road. The long ball is a problem, as Scott points out. Uh, and Bradley's just starting to find out um, how it works in the majors now, a little bit after a good start. Um, so, I think both teams can score runs. Yeah, pretty straightforward handicap in this one. Um, eight looks reasonable. If you can find a seven and a half, all the better. Uh, but I'll happily um, ride with the over as well. 12th Eastern is the Toronto Blue Jays at the Miami Marlins. Kevin Gorsman goes for Toronto and Sandy Alcantara draws the start for Miami. Uh, Minus 130 on the Blue Jays, plus 110 on the Marlins with a total of seven. Um, Gorsman is six and three on the year with a 3-0-1 ERA. One bad start at Minnesota. Um, is the blemish on his recent excellent record. Um, the other four started to round that. He's got a 4-0 record in those. Um, has had multi-walks in four of the last five, uh, so there could be an angle in there if you're looking for a walk prop at all. Um, Alcantara shown flashes uh, two starts ago, pitched seven innings against the White Sox, only gave up three hits and one earned run. Um, but his last two home starts, 13 and a third, with nine earned. So it's hard to trust him. It's, it's quite difficult, this. Um, Miami have been playing well. Lewis Arias made his way back to 400 last night with a five-hit game. Um, and I just looked at the top of the AL East before we, uh, before we started recording here. And the top three, you've got Atlanta on a six-game streak, Miami on a five-game winning streak, and Philly on a six-game winning streak. 
so the A at least have, uh, they've got the heavy foot out and uh, down on the accelerator at the moment at the top end of that. Um, the Blue Jays struggle at, to pick the Blue Jays um, just because you never know. We talked about them on the show last night is that the level of talent they've got isn't never equates the production. Um, but there was enough red flags here behind Alcantara and enough positive starts from Goldsman uh, to lead me to believe the Blue Jays can get one here tomorrow at a price of minus 130, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Toronto as well. Uh, I know that the streaks are definitely important to mention because Toronto has been a streaky team all year long. It's why yeah. I think they might miss the playoffs. But I know Gaussman in most years has had pretty alarming splits between his home and road numbers. This year, his home numbers are still better than the road numbers, but the road numbers aren't that bad, which is a step in the right direction. But Toronto has won each of his last five starts. And if you go through his last couple of starts, the last four, for example, 24 and one-third innings pitched, 2.96 ERA. He's been solid. Alcantara is not. And I know that Miami, once again, is playing some great baseball. And Arise had another five-hit game. Guy has multiple five-hit games. We're not even halfway through the season yet, which is kind of insane. But I am going to go with Toronto in this one. Alcantara, I just feel like, is still getting some respect. And I'm not sure if he's worthy of it because he has really not been great uh, throughout the entire season besides the occasional flash start, etc. But for me, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays here. I think they're the better overall team in terms of talent. The problem is I think Miami's the better managed team, and that's been definitely shown throughout the first 70-plus games of the season. But for this actual matchup, I'm going to lean to Toronto. I think Gaussman's the better pitcher, and I do think Toronto still has a lot of talent in the lineup that can get to Alcantara. Give me Toronto. Maybe Toronto team total over if you're afraid of Gaussman's road numbers. Uh, if you notice Moonaf's chirping up about your outfit there, Scott, in the chat. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a Nike-sponsored uh, hospital gown. So, you know, I you really, don't... you know. <laughs> you don't have to explain yourself to me now. He's a cheeky little fucker. He never turns up much, but when he does, it's always just to needle somebody. He never just comes in and says hello. Uh, he just likes sticking the boot in when he gets a chance. Uh, way, Dylan, when, you, when you ask me if something happens in Vegas, as we all know, you can't talk about what happened. Yeah, exactly. It's a complete waste of time to ask that question, you know? Uh, <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> yeah, uh, tough game to come down on. I didn't want to back either pitcher, to be honest. Sandy, he hasn't looked himself all season. He had those two decent starts back to back. But Kevin Gossman, he's another one. He just gives up too much hard contact for my liking. Yeah, he's won five uh, starts in a row, but his hard hit contact rate has gone has gotten as high as fifty percent. That's not good. His fly, fly out rate is high, and eventually, I feel like he's going to get blown up. I don't know if this is one of those starts, but. I could definitely see a game where he gets blown up soon. Miami playing good baseball, 7-3 and three in their last 10. They just blew out the Blue Jays last night, 11 nothing. I think we see another high-scoring game. So I'm going to go on the over again. You could still find a 7. It's a little juicy. If you want to take a 7.5 at even money, I still like that. I did ask on Twitter yesterday, by the way, but I am curious. Who fell off faster, Burns or Alcantara? Yeah, so you um, you messaged that. Cause it was, last night, was it the Burns just had another shocker? He gave up um, six runs in the first inning. Yeah. I just think Alcantara is short. Like I said, he showed a couple of flashes. Um, the odd good start where Burns just has really struggled. And uh, Miami have been a little bit more fun to watch than, than Brewers. But yeah, at the start of the season, both drafted very highly, for example, in fantasy leagues. But uh, I'd say Alcantara has shown that he could possibly make it back and sooner rather than Burns, who uh, who's just been struggling completely. But yeah, you're right, too. Two pretty high-profile um, blokes from uh, from those two this season. Um, 
We move on. 12.35 Eastern first pitch is the Colorado Rockies at the Cincinnati Reds. Um, officially TBD for Colorado. Kyle Freeland, we think, is going. Handicapped him last night on the show, but has been pushed back a day. Um, and he will take on Andrew Abbott, left-handed pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. No lines on this one. Uh, obviously, Colorado making late changes with a pitching. Um, Scott, what can you tell us about this without any lines? Uh, so for this one, I'm going to take the Reds. Uh, the line might be irrelevant. I'll take the run line. Uh, simply put, Cincinnati's been the hottest team in the league, and I think that they're, they are have a great chance to win the division. They're currently in first place. Congrats to them. They've won nine straight, and you're looking at Colorado. They've lost six straight. Unfortunately, the Reds screwed me over yesterday because I had the team total over five and a half, and they went one for seven with Reds in scoring position, and they ended up with five. So that was a bit of a heartbreaker there. But Colorado, once again, really bad team, really bad on the road. 13 and 27 straight up on the road. Cincinnati got Joey Votto back yesterday, who had three RBIs and a home run. Abbott has the same ERA that I have because he hasn't given up a run. So he's been really good this season. At, uh, you're looking at Freeland, and he's been kind of a mixed bag, 4.48 ERA, which makes him one of the better pitchers, by the way, in Colorado's uh, rotation. But still, I got to go with the Reds here. This offense is still a top five, top ten offense in the league. Uh, the pitching staff hasn't exactly been great, but Abbott's been a very bright spot in this pitching just core. And Freeland is a 5.92 uh, ERA on the road. He got shelled by Atlanta for seven runs and four and a third last start. I don't have any faith in Freeland. Give me the Reds' run line in this game. I think Reds' team total is worth a look. I think they're going to probably mash them. So give me the Reds to dominate this game. Uh, Lonte has joined us in the chat. Good evening, Lonte. Lonte is throwing out uh, the pick that I got to for this game, which is the Cincinnati team total. Um, yeah, handicapped Freeland last night, and basically the long and short of that was just a big cross next to his name on the road. Um, we took Abbott last week, Dylan, didn't we? We had a nice little win on Abbott, I think plus 160 roundabout, so he's earned our um, trust, so he can go again and go well. But yeah, Cincinnati yeah, team total. He's, he's very good, though. Yeah, uh, Joey Votto where I was back last night and did some bits near the end of that game to help Cincinnati get over the line as well. Um, so, Dylan, I'm guessing uh, you favoured Andrew Abbott in some way or form here. Yeah, I mean, you got to take the Reds here. You're probably going to open up a big favorite at home, especially with how bad Kyle Freeland has been on the road. Just look at his hard hit split, 70%, 56%, Like He's just getting shelled. So I I have to fade him on the road. And uh, yeah, probably because there's no value taking him the Reds on the money line. You got to take him on the run line, team total over. And Joey Votto props. Look for him to have a big game again. A little bit. 12.35 12.35 Eastern. Um, I am p- pleased to see the name of Kyle Hendricks uh, on the card here, which means he will not be pitching in London on Saturday. Uh, it is the Chicago Cubs at the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's two men as old as me. It's Kyle Hendricks against Rich Hill. They dick Mountain Day here on the show. Hendricks and the Cubs are minus 120. Um, Hill and the Pirates are even money, plus 100, and the total is eight and a half. Dylan, what have you got for the old guy showdown? Yeah, I'm going to take Rich Hill and the Pirates in this one. I I know they've stunk for the past week, but I do think this could be a good spot for them and Rich Hill. Hill has only three starts this season with his hard rate being above 40%. The rest of his starts, he's been fine under 30 33%. So he keeps the ball low. He gets a lot of ground balls. Same can be said for Kyle Hendricks, though, since his return. Not a lot of hard contact in any of his starts, and he's another guy that keeps the ball on the ground. So 
Kind of like the under as well. I think both guys should have good showings. We got 10-mile-an-hour winds blowing in as well. So I kind of like the Pirates, and I also like the under as well. Um, I was a bit torn on this one, Scott. Help me out. What's going to happen? I'm going to go with the Cubs in this one. Uh, Simply put, the Cubs are playing good baseball and the Pirates are not. The Pirates have lost seven straight. Could be eight straight if Stroman keeps rolling like he has all season long for Chicago. But the point is the Pirates are on a massive losing streak and the Cubs have won six of seven. Rich Hill's numbers have been pretty good this season based on the expectations, but he does have a 4.6 ERA at home, so he has been better on the road than at home. The real problem that I have with Hill recently has been the walks. He walks six guys against Milwaukee. Uh, two against the Mets, three against the Cardinals, and the Cubs actually rank third in the league in walks per game. So I really do like a Rich Hill walk prop. I can see him walking three, four guys in this game. Hill even was around 100 pitches last start, even though he didn't go much distance. So I think that you're going to see Hill get a decent leash in this game. Uh, Hendricks is kind of like Hill, where he doesn't exactly have dominant stuff, but he's able to get through, almost had that no-hitter against the Giants. But still, I am going to go with Chicago in this one. I just think they're the better team at this point in time, and you're looking at Pittsburgh with Hill. I'm going to take the Hill walk props because, once again, you walk six guys your last outing, and you're against a team that's top three in walks per game. I think whatever line it's going to be is too short. So that's my player prop angle for the game. Um, fair enough. Actually, it was on the other side to Dylan in this. I, I got the overs, and I quite fancied a little ladder on this. I had this done loads of runs. Hendricks. Uh, two good starts, two bad starts, and one okay one in his uh, five games since his belated seasonal debut. Has got a decent re- career record at, at Pittsburgh. Um, and Hill's really starting to struggle. Um, he, we, we continuously kind of raised our eyebrows at how he was doing earlier in the season. And we're starting to catch up with him in a little, in a little bit. So I didn't really have much faith in either pitcher. And both teams can put a lot of runs together although they're quite unreliable. But I thought tomorrow might be a day for it. A little bit concerned about Dylan's weather report, uh, but we'll give them a chance. We'll take the over eight and a half. Uh, with the weather, the line might move to eight, might help us out a little bit there anyway. Ah, one ten Eastern first pitch, the Kansas City Royals at the Detroit Tigers, uh, where Brady Singer goes for the Royals and left-handed pitcher Matt Boyd goes for the Tigers. Plus one ten on the Royals, minus one thirty on Boyd and the Tigers, um, and a total of nine. This game's like two bald men arguing over a comb. Um, I just, yeah, it was really, really hard to, to work out who was trying to achieve what here. Um, Brady Singer's four and six, 633 ERA. He's really struggling. Um, a lot of his recent pitching has been at home. It's just fallen that way. He's had a lot of home starts, uh, but his road form is terrible. He's got a 720 road ERA. Um, and Boyd's home form, well, Boyd four and five on the year, 560 ERA. His home form mirrors Singer's road form, 0 and 5, 846 ERA. Um, pitched at Kansas City on the 24th of May, gave up three hits and one inch and four and two thirds. Detroit won the game 6 4. In the same series, Singer's pitched three and two thirds, gave up seven hits, five earned. Detroit won the game 8 5. Both of those goal, those games went over. Both of those games were won by Detroit. Um, that's enough for me to split the tie here. Um, I would take the overs if you want a total. I'd take Detroit if you want a side. Um, but it will be low down on the list of things I'm looking to bet at tomorrow, Dylan. Um, how do you think about this? Or are you remotely bothered about this bum fight? 
No, I actually like this one, and I agree. I like okay. the I like the Tigers here uh, at home minus uh, one twenty. I got him. I made him a minus one thirty five. There's no way I could back Brady Singer on the road. He's only had five starts in this season where his hard hit rate was under forty percent, and none of them have been recently. So the, the Tigers are playing good baseball right now. They won four of the last five games. They're scoring runs. So I, I think they shell Brady Singer here. I'll keep this one short and sweet. Give me the Tigers on the money line. Nokie Dick. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, just trusting Boyd in any uh, situations is going to be tricky. But uh, Scott, did you manage to get a side on this one? Uh, for this one, I want to go with the over. Uh, simply put, I just think that Singer has been another uh, guy you could add to the long list of uh, promising Royals young arms that have not panned out because that kind of sums up the Royals' entire rotation for the past couple of years. Boyd has not been great either, and I think he's going to struggle again. So, for, especially at home, Boyd's been really bad at home this season. So, I do think home runs could be an issue for both teams. You're looking at offenses that aren't great by any means, but the total's about nine, and I don't trust either pitcher. I think I have to take the over on principle. <laughs> take the over on principle. You stick your principles, Scott. Uh, fantastic. Um, Underdog Fantasy is another fantastic uh, sponsor that we have on the show here on Best Ball Mania 4. He's live and kicking, giving away $15 million dollars in prizes our underdog pick'em is another great way to get down on your favorite mlb and college baseball player props loads of ways to win over at underdog and active in a lot of states too head over to underdogfantasy.com use the promo code sgpn for a 100 deposit bonus up to 100 that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn 210 eastern first pitch is the New York Mets at the Houston Astros. Tyler McGill for the Mets and Christian Javier for Houston. Plus 130 on New York, minus 163 for the Astros with a total of eight and a half. Dylan, how about those Mets? Oh, the Mets, yeah. I'm actually wearing a Met thing. I, I got it back in, I don't know, back when they were really good. Uh, we had the Grom, Thor, we had... Oh, no, they weren't good. Uh, (laughs) I was waiting for it, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to continue to fade the Mets. Uh, Don't let their one win on the rule fool you. This is a very bad team. I know the Astros are kind of on a losing streak as well, but you got to have more faith in that team bouncing back and getting right than you do with the Mets, especially with Christian Javier on the mound. He's fantastic at home. His hard hit rate is usually never near 33%, which is great. The Astros, they just have to get him some run run uh, support. If they do, I think they should win comfortably. He went six scoreless innings in his last start against the Nationals and had the lowest hard hit rate of the season at 10%. So Mets can't hit right now. They got, they got lucky having nine runs yesterday. Good performance by... Uh, Max Scherzer, but outside of that, Mets can't hit righties to begin with. And Taylor McGill, we've said it on the podcast all season. He's a fade on the road, and you got to back him at City Field. So give me the Astros here on the money line. You could even take them on the run line. Scott Houston's on a bit of a bad trot at the moment. Uh, can you get them beat again tomorrow? I think it's a pretty tricky spot, honestly, to find value on either side because the Mets have not been great, but at least they won one game. You know, you got to win one order to win five in a row. But the Astros, Javier, I like. I think he's a good pitcher. Uh, So I guess I'm going to lean to Houston. The problem, though, is that with Alvarez being injured, this team forgot how to play. (laughs) I mean, they've lost five straight, and Jordan is a top five hitter in the league, and that's been a problem. Uh, The bullpen's been a bit iffy lately as well, but... It's really the offense here. Uh, With the exception of the Sunday extra inning game against the Reds, they can't hit. 
It's, it's really just been painful to watch for Houston and losing Alvarez is the big reason why, because of the fact that he's once again, a, an elite hitter in baseball, but you're looking at the last couple of games in this losing streak here, scored one run against the nationals, one run against the reds, three runs against the reds. Then you had seven in the extra inning game on Sunday. And then you had one in the game against the Mets. So they've scored less than four runs in three of the, in uh, four of the last five games. I don't exactly trust this offense, but I really don't like McGill either. So I'm kind of torn on this one. I think I'm just going to lean to the under in this game, as crazy as that might sound with Houston. But without Alvarez, I really don't want to. I don't want to back this Houston offense. I'm going to lean to the under. I have faith in Javier, uh, but they don't really have any. Do they have much power in the lineup? I know you're looking at Altuve who can occasionally hit some home runs. Tucker, who's been kind of a hit or miss this year, but he's got power. Is that really it? Like Houston's offense isn't as deep as you might think it is. And I feel they've been kind of exposed with this recent run here. I don't like McGill, but I guess if I had to lean to a side, I don't mind the plus 130 fading a team that's lost five straight. But that involves back in the Mets. So, you know, you're on your own there. But plus 130, I think, is a little bit large. I'd have the line a bit shorter because, once again, the Astros can't hit. Yeah, it's it's horrible, really. Anyway, you looked at this, it, was, it, it didn't take long for you to – to not like any of the angles. Um, I think there was, you, you could take the Mets against the Astros. It, if there was any, any of their other starters kind of on the mound, but McGill's road form has been so bad. Um, yeah. It, it's all, it's just, his last two home starts have been fine. Um, if you can translate that, then absolutely plus 130 um, is a great, Shout. Um, neither I, I want to give you line... a trivia. I want to give you a trivia question. By the way, okay. do you know which player on the Astros is leading the team in batting average? Hmm, that's good. Um, I, is I it Maurizio Dubon? That is correct. Is it two eighty nine? I'm impressed. There, huge. That's that's the benefits of being in a fantasy league. But you're looking at the My actual God. roster here: Bregman, Pena. Tucker, Alvarez are going down the line, Altuve, a lot of talent on the team. And I know batting average might be an outdated stat, but everybody I just mentioned besides Tucker's batting below 280 and with Pena and Bregman and with uh, Abreu, they're all batting below 250. Like this Houston offense is pretty over overrated if you're really looking at the overall numbers from top to bottom. And once again, with Alvarez being out, there's a massive hole in that lineup. Yeah, um, I mean, my pick here, uh, I don't even, I don't want to even say it out loud when There's I wrote no down. There's no chance I this game, just for the record. There's no yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've, you've shot my, I wrote down Houston first five team total. Um, and then you've just done like, with very sound arguments, sort of shot it a bit. Um, but I just didn't want Houston, they were too short. I couldn't take McGill. Um, the Houston's home record was one pointer. Um, yeah, but that's it. I just think we get so unreliable. Uh, Houston might scrape if you were across, but yeah, that's going to be down there with Detroit and Kansas City on my uh, on my betting list for tomorrow. Next up, we'll go back down to a two ten Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Milwaukee Brewers. Zach Gallen for the Snakes and Julio Terran for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the lines are minus one fifty on Arizona, plus 125 on Milwaukee, with a total of eight scots. This is a little bit better. I think I have to be tempted by Milwaukee in this spot, 
Tehran's been good. I don't really know what happened there, uh, but he kind of revived his entire career. He doesn't go much distance, though. He's kind of a five-innings max guy, but he's been effective. Gallon, I love. He's one of my favorite pitchers in the league. However, his home road splits are the most alarming of basically any pitcher in the league, especially for a Cy Young candidate. But he's got a 2.96 ERA in general. He's got a 5.9, he's got a 5.79 ERA on the road, which means at home he has a one flat ERA. And the last time I checked, they're playing in Milwaukee. So I'm going to lean to the Brewers here. I know I know Burns got shelled yesterday. I know Arizona's a good team. I know that the Brewers are not a great team. But still, I got to look at these home road numbers and at least acknowledge the fact that I think the Diamondbacks might be a little bit overvalued here. Gallon just can't pitch on the road. And Tehran's been solid. And Milwaukee's bullpen's been pretty decent, I'd say. They still have one of the best closers in the league. And Arizona's bullpen's been a bit hit or miss. But even the recent road starts... Uh, five and two-thirds, ten hits allowed, five earned against Detroit. That's not good. Uh, five and two-thirds, two runs against Philly. Okay, that's fine. Three and two-thirds, eight hits, eight runs, five of them earned against Pittsburgh. Five innings, three runs against Texas. I really just don't like these starts from Gallon on the road. I'm going to go for a bit of a sneaky play here on the Brewers, potentially first five, maybe plus a half. But with Gallon's bad road numbers, I do kind of want to stay away from them at minus 150. I'm going to link to Milwaukee. Okay, like it, Dylan. Yeah, I grabbed a nine and a half earlier when lines dropped. It's long gone now. Uh, at an eight now, it's right at my number, my total 7.8. So small lean toward the under. But if you want to back aside, I would lean with the snakes. The Brewers are just not right right now. They've lost to they've lost their first place slot to the Reds last night. And Gallon has pitched against the way he pitched against this Brewers club. I think we could see a similar performance. He went seven scoreless inning, 11 strikeouts. His ground ball rate was 63% that game. He keeps the ball low. And his overall hard hit rate is very low, which is why I'm so high on him as well. So I don't think he'll struggle here, even though it is on the road. Uh, I got to back the better team in the D-backs here. So lean D-backs and lean under. I can't figure out how Tehran's been this good. And I've watched him pitch. It's just the changeup, I guess. I mean, he's, he's rocking out at like 92 on the fastball. Like, I, I've just been impressed by his overall performance. But Arizona's the better team. It's mostly just looking at the line going, well, Gallon's that bad on the road. I feel like i got to kind of stick with what's been proven up to this point. Yeah, the, the, the two things Scott mentioned is correct. Gallon's road form um, is a flag in the ointment. But the main thing is to the present, just the presence of Tehran. Um, because I'm, I've kind of faded him every start, waiting for him to blow up, and he hasn't yet. I might give him one more chance uh, tomorrow, and if he doesn't, then I'll consider um, putting him on putting him on my bet list. But I just think it's going to go wrong. Arizona have been great. Um, whoever was in the chat last night um, who put me onto the Corbin Carroll total base props, I said I was going to bet them before I went to bed, and I did woke up to a winner. Uh, which is always nice. So cheers to the uh, YouTube comments and the Discord channel um, for that one. Uh, TVDBJ is a Brewers fan. Um, he's not being complimentary about them in the chat. Um, and says that Arizona are the pick tomorrow. So yeah, I've got Arizona as well. Um, just again, I'm I'm fading Tehran. And as much as Scott mentions Gallon's road form, I'm going to give him a chance to put it together here. And just to Arizona better so if the unit and a half play is there if you want it doesn't make me feel great but uh we'll give it a try 405 eastern first pitch is the st louis cardinals at the washington nationals uh, miles michaelis goes for the cards and trevor williams goes for washington minus 170 on st louis and plus 140 
on Washington with a total of nine. Uh, Miles Mikolas, four and four on the year, 4.36 ERA. Um, I do not want anything to do with Miles Mikolas. Um, certainly not at minus 170. If you bet him tomorrow, you shouldn't be allowed money. Um, he's given up 11 earned runs in his last two starts. And like you've said before, a little bit like uh, Kyle Hendricks. Um, it's like death by a thousand paper coats watching him. It's so uncomfortable. Um, and he has been, um, the, the, the league has caught up with him uh, pretty quickly uh, recently. Uh, Williams goes well in the once in every three starts for Washington. Um, he gives up multi-walks. Um, this game looks, everything, it just looks exactly the same as Monday night's game. Um, there was runs early, there was runs often. Uh, St. Louis won, but they won eight to six. Uh, but at any at any time, either team could have could have uh, taken this game down. So it's hard to take a side, but it looks pretty easy to take the over. St. Louis have won three in a row. Uh, Washington are back on another lo- losing streak. Uh, so I would lean St. Louis, but you you can't do that behind behind Michaelis. Um, it's got to be the over. Um, the the total at nine. Uh, 14 runs last night. We could see something similar again, Dylan. Yeah, I agree on the over. I made my total 9.3, but this is just an ugly game. So it's it's going to probably be a pass. But for the show, I do like the over and maybe look towards a home puppy. I only made the Cardinals a minus 150 favorite. We're getting close to that 150 with the Nationals. So maybe around game time, we will get there. But I just can't lay minus 165, minus 170 with Miles Nicholas with the Cardinals on the road. The, you mentioned they, they have won three straight, but they beat the Mets and Nationals. Let's not get carried away here. So uh, Nationals 2-8 and eight in their last 10. But I think at this price, they could be live here. Uh, Miles Miklas and the Cardinals have lost his last three starts. So it's either dog or pass, but the, I think the obvious bet is the over. Uh, so dog or pass uh, for Dylan Scott. What have you got? Yeah, for me, my favorite play in this game is going to be a player prop. I'm going to go with Miklas over in the hits allowed. He's allowed at least okay. seven hits in each of the last three starts. I faded him a couple starts ago against Cincinnati, and he got shelled pretty early on. But the Nationals' offense against them and their careers have actually done pretty well. The active batters have 49 career plate appearances and a 327 batting average. So I do think that Mikolas' hits number, whatever it's going to be, will be a little bit low. I'm not sure if Washington's going to be able to actually generate enough big hits uh, because they've been really bad at home in terms of runs per game. But I do think they'll be able to get guys on and Mikolas pitches to a lot of contact. I'll go with the Mikolas over in hits allowed. Whatever number that is, you give up seven plus hits and three straight starts. It means you're not exactly putting anybody away. And the Nationals make contact. I think they'll get on base. I'm not sure they're going to capitalize, but I will once again expect Mikolas to pitch from the stretch a lot in this game. Um, It's been pointed out to me by Lane that it's CVDBJ's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Trev. I didn't know that. Uh, tell me how old you are. I'm always interested in shit like that. Uh, 6-4 Eastern first pitch is the Atlanta Braves at the Philadelphia Phillies. AJ Smith-Shover for Atlanta and Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Even money on the Braves, minus 120 on the Phillies and a total of nine for Scott to tell us about. Well, this one's definitely tricky because these have been two equally hot teams. The Braves have have won six straight, and the Phillies have won six straight. And the Braves beat the Rockies at home, so you're saying, well, that doesn't mean anything. And then the Phillies beat Oakland on the road, which means nothing. So, once again, it kind of cancels out here. So, it really comes down to which pitcher you trust more. Nola's been pretty underwhelming this season, and the home run's been a problem, giving up 15 home runs so far this season. His home numbers are okay. 
with a 3.92 ERA. But Noah's recent form has been a serious problem. He had one really good start, seven innings, no run, no earned against the Tigers. But he's given up four plus earned runs in four of the last five starts, including that Detroit game. I think I got to lean to Atlanta. Once again, it's really tough because both teams have been really good over the past week, but Nola's recent form has not been there, and the Braves can crush anybody. I think I'm going to lean to Atlanta at a cheap price. I wanted to make a case for Philly, but it's Nola's consistently underwhelming outings, which scared me off at this price. I'm going to go with Atlanta. Yeah, for all the reasons you said, Scott, I took a, a team total on Atlanta, um, and the, I think both teams could win the game. Um, and I wasn't good enough to split them on that. Uh, but Nola's form was enough to persuade me that Atlanta can get to them. So uh, Atlanta team total would be my pick, Dylan. Yeah, another game where I wanted to grab, I grabbed the opening line of eight and a half. I took that over. Even at a nine, I still like the over. I made my total 9.5. Two of the hottest teams, like Scott said, both eight and two in their last 10. But the Braves are just crushing the ball lately. They're averaging 9.2 runs per game this week. And I, I just think they could get over this total themselves. Look at the last time Nola pitched against the Braves. He got shelled. His hard to hit rate is up there. He gives up a lot of fly ball contact, which means eventually the ball will leave the park. I just think this is a bad spot for them. I do lean with you guys with the Braves and the plus money. I just think both teams are going to be able to score runs in this game. So I'm going to be on the over. Tell you what, I work at one party where there was strippers and cocaine. And the uh, YouTube chat has me down as like living in some sort of constant 50 cent video or something. Uh, it was an outlier Friday night. So it's not oh, a regular occurrence. Yes. Real quick. Uh, it's... Trevor's birthday. You know, my birthday is next month. And you know what my mom, my parents got me for my birthday? Mets tickets. Right. Why do you, why do you know already for a start? I guess Mets the, tickets. I feel like that's a yes. safe guess. Cause you, you don't oh, see. Oh no. Shit. Why the hell would you get me Mets tickets? <laughs> His parents don't like him either. Scott. Oh, oh shit. my God. It's, it's good seats, <laughs> but like, Jesus, they, they want to see misery. Like, they want me to be upset. Okay, well, to ask, though, who are they playing? The Texas yeah. Rangers. Oh, at least they got to see runs. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, and who are you going with? Are you all going together? Is them? it a family trip out? With them, of course. Well, that's all right. That's nice. Not really. You can no. gamble at the ballpark. What's the problem? Well, you know, getting to City Field's a bitch in itself, to be honest. And I don't know. I life. Well, MetLife's five minutes from my house. So I'd uh, okay, I'd, never mind then. Okay. Yeah, MetLife's I'd rather miserable be for me to get to. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I just haven't been to a baseball game with my parents in forever. I want to get kind of belligerent. I can't do that with them. It, <laughs> it, it's just a shit show. Are they, are they driving? Oh, yeah, they're driving. And you can get belligerent. Uh, I just right, I, I, trade off. You're yeah. not driving. You know, I, something might slip out the mouth. I might, you know, it's the end, endless possibilities on that night could go down the drain quick. I am curious, though, what exactly is the stance on things slipping out of the mouth when, you know, you're already in your mid-20s? Does that still apply, or do the parents just accept the fact that you're an actual human being at this point? I, I think they accept it, but they're kind of, like, shocked when it comes out the mouth. It's like, okay. wow, I didn't expect that. But Have they threatened to send you back to church or something, or is that not on the cards oh, anymore? Yeah, Speaking of my mom, church, he's Mrs. Holier Than Thou, got 1,700 crosses in the house. Jesus. Okay. 
I've never known anyone. I've never known anyone say their intention was to become belligerent. Uh, I've really enjoyed that, Dylan. Good. I'm going to start using that when I'm out and about. Um, 7.05 Eastern first pitches, the Seattle Mariners at the New York Yankees. This is one of the games that's off the board. Lewis Castile goes for the Mariners, but officially TBD for the Yankees. And I have absolutely no idea who's going. I don't think any of us do. Uh, Dylan, much to tell us about this? Yeah, I don't have anyone going for uh, uh, the Yankees, so couldn't really give you too much. But uh, if this offense, what are they averaging? 3.3, 3.4 runs without Judge. So they're, they're really hurting right Is that now. that high? Yeah. You, really? You expect, you expect it to be lower, right? I thought it was in the twos, to be honest. But uh, I thought it could have been Johnny Brito, if it is Brito. I got to fade the Yankees here. Luis Castillo, he hasn't had the best season, but I still think he is uh, better than most pitchers on the Yankees staff. Uh, bats aren't really going well for for either team right now, but I just got to trust Seattle a little more with the better pitcher. Maybe take the bullpens out of it, take them in the first five, but I got to lean Seattle here if Brito is going for the Yankees. Uh, Scott, anything on this one? Yeah, I don't care as pitching for the Yankees. I'm going to take Seattle, just simply put. Uh, the Yankees have been a bad baseball team since Judge got injured. Uh, them to miss the playoffs is plus 150. I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago because Judge got injured and then he had a setback again, so he's not going to be back for a while. You're looking at Seattle, though. Is this team great? Not really. They've been playing better lately. They're at 500, but at the end of the day, Castillo is still a really good pitcher. And this year, he hasn't been as good as in previous years, but he still has a 2.73 ERA and a 1.02 whip. So he's been fine. He just hasn't been as good as you might have, you know, expected him to be, but he's still been good. The Yankees can't hit, though, just simply put. And that's against any pitcher you can name. Now they're against Castillo. I can't pick the Yankees when they probably need to reach at least three runs to win and there's no guarantee they're going to reach three runs to win. I can't pick them. They can't score. They're on base percentages, bottom five in the league. Uh, you're looking at Stan, who's been a mess. Rizzo's been a mess. Donaldson shouldn't be in the league. He's got eight hits on the entire year, and six of them are home runs. Eight hits the entire season, Donaldson. That's mad. He can't hit. Uh, you're looking at Volpe, who can't hit. The only two guys who've been even decent have been Bowers and Torres. That's it. They don't have anybody else who's worth a damn on the team right now. So based on that, I got to go with Castillo and the Mariners because the Yankees, once again, if they can't score, I'm not going to pick them to win. And I've been making cases against the Yankees offense for weeks. I'm not going to once again suddenly pivot. Give me Seattle in the under. I can't go with an over with the Yankees not being able to score. So give me Seattle winning some type of like 4-1 game if I had to guess. Yeah, I haven't got much on this, but it's hard to disagree with any of that. Um, Castillo's numbers are low. Um, two home scoreless starts have managed to bring them down. He hasn't been as good on the road. But you can't hit the Yankees. Lost four in a row. Um, and no sign of getting out of this slump. They weren't even uh, well, close I, against the Red Sox in any of those games. Yeah, yeah um, just nothing uh, to recommend them at all. So, yeah, it would have to be Seattle for me, even though we don't have lines or a pitcher as it. Uh, next up, this is an interesting one. Uh, 7 10 Eastern first pitch. The Oakland Athletics at the Cleveland Guardians, where Paul Blackburn goes for the A's. And Gavin Williams is the starter for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Oakland are plus 140, Cleveland minus 172. He's on and the road, the total... though, Blackburn. He's on the road this time, so he might actually be decent. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in on him. Uh, the total's at eight and a half. Uh, Paul Blackburn um, hasn't been the pitcher of record yet with a 348. ERA has started four games now. Three good. 
Um, and Auckland have won two of those. Um, it's the presence of Gavin Williams here that's of, of real interest. So uh, Gavin Williams is a uh, prospect, quite a highly touted prospect. So I reached out to Noah, our prospect guy. I'm just going to read this out. I'm not even going to pretend that uh, it's my words. Gavin Williams, um, absolute effing stud. Noah's favourite pitching prospect. Um, high 90s fastball, mixing in a curve, slider, and a lesser changeup. But he's got big time strikeout stuff spanning from high school to East Carolina all the way through the minors. Um, and yeah, so that was um, that was Noah's little synopsis on Williams, which is which is a good thing. However, um, as Scott just said, we got Paul Blackburn on the road here against an unknown. Gavin Williams might come up and be absolutely stellar. He might come up and not be. Cleveland don't need much encouragement to get beat. Um, they're quite good at it. They're quite. They just don't score enough runs. So if Blackburn can keep this tight, even if Williams is brilliant, Oakland are going to be live. Um, so I'll take the under, uh, but I'll take Oakland as a dog at plus 140 as well, Scott. Yeah, it was a lot more fun to, to follow Oakland when they were actually winning games. Uh, now they're immediately on a five-game losing streak, which canceled, which canceled out basically the entire winning streak. So everything went back into form. Uh, Cleveland has not been good as a favorite this year. They are 12-27. and 27 as a favorite and Oakland is 33 and 40. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry. Just look at the numbers here. They're 10 and 26 on the road. So Oakland, yeah, bad trends for both teams. Uh, but I think I have to lean to Cleveland here. I'll take Noah's word for it about Williams, but to be honest, it's mostly just fading Oakland here. They've lost five straight again. Uh, they're back to being bad. And Blackburn is a pitcher that I do like, but I am a bit concerned in general that this year he hasn't been as good as I was kind of hoping for. His numbers are fine, uh, 3.48, but I thought he'd be a little bit better. Uh, he was pretty good his last two outings, though, against Tampa and against Milwaukee. But I think I'm going to lean to Cleveland here just on principle. I'm not sure what the line is, which is a bit of a problem, uh, but I'm going to back Williams here. I feel like he's definitely got, got great Minus stuff. 170 on Cleveland, Scott. Okay, it's 170. Yeah. I think for this one, you know what? I'm going to take a bold stance here. Give me the Guardians on the run line. I just think that at the end of the day, Cleveland's the better team. Oakland, once again, they had their miraculous run where people thought, you know, maybe it's a money ball situation. Not really, but they were kind of just hoping that was the case. They they are just a bad baseball team. Just as simply, just as simply put as that. I'll lean to the Guardians to get it done. If Blackburn gets it done, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I I got to go with the numbers here. I'll go with Cleveland at home, minus one and a half. Lonte is calling for the uh, Blackburn trade to the New York Yankees, uh, which is an interesting possibility. Dylan? Uh, <laughs> I don't care about the rotation. Can he hit? Get him in the Shohei Otani role for the Yankees. I love it. Uh, Scott, plus 130 for the run line for Cleveland. You like that? I'll take plus 130 against Oakland all day, every day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is another ugly game. It's either pass or the Guardians on the run line. I can't lay minus 170 with a guy making his major league debut. So I also don't want to back Blackburn on the road. So gun to my head, I kind of like the under as well. Two struggling offenses. Plus, we got winds blowing in tomorrow in Cleveland. I know people don't want to hear this, but sometimes the best bet is to not make a bet. But for the show, I will side with Scott. I like the Guardians on the run line. Yep. Okie doke. Um, next up, we will go to 7.40 Eastern first pitches. The Boston Red Sox at the Minnesota Twins. Garrett Whitlock for Boston and Sonny Gray uh, will go for the Minnesota Twins. So we're minus 130 at home with Boston plus 110 
and a total of eight and a half. Scott? So for this one, I'm actually going to take Boston. I know that Sonny Gray has been very good this season, especially at home, as he has a 1.96 year at home. He really has not been good the last two outings. Uh, in fact, he's gone basically no length whatsoever. Went five innings, one run allowed against Toronto, and went four innings, two earned runs against Detroit. So he's not going any length, and Minnesota's bullpen's been a mess. Uh, even though, as a Yankees fan, I was mostly paying attention to how bad the Yankees' offense was, I thought Boston looked very good over the weekend. Just simply put, the bullpen seems to have settled down a little bit. The offense, we know, has a lot of weapons. Whitlock's been good, too. I'm not laying one-third with Minnesota. They're a part of that really bad AL Central. They're under 500 once again. I feel like most people don't like Baldelli as a manager, but he's still there. I'm going to go with the Red Sox in this spot. Uh, with Gray's lack of length in the last couple of outings, that means that you might get to him early, or at least get him out of the game early, and you might have to deal with Minnesota's bullpen for four innings. I'll take my chances there. Give me Boston is playing good baseball at plus money. Dylan, does a lack of length concern you? No, not really. I'm going to be on the other side. I do like the Twins here. Uh, I got him at minus 120. I made him a minus 150. Uh, we've said it time and time again on the pod. Sonny Gray is just a guy you want to back at home and not on the road. Most of his hardest hit games have come on the road at home. He gets a lot of ground balls. But the one problem that we do talk about is if the Twins can't get him run support, they are going to lose that game. And I think against Whitlock, who in half of his starts have a hard hit rate of 50% or higher, that's very alarming. If the Twins can get some run support. I do like the Twins. I agree to Scott. I think if you are going to back the Twins, it has to be in the first five innings. Take the bullpens out of the equation. So that's kind of how I'd lean it. I don't want to lay 120-130 now with the Twins full game. So I'll take the uh, Twins in the first half. Um, I was with Scott here. I've got uh, Boston to to win for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of them being there's not many dogs on the on the cards. I was actively looking around for a dog, um, but I like Whitlock. He's been really good recently. Uh, we do like Gray, but Minnesota fall a little bit into the same boat as Cleveland that we just talked about. Just the they they're not as bad, but they they seldom score enough runs to make you feel kind of comfortable. And Boston are going well. They've won five in a row, including that double header against the Yankees on Sunday. So yeah, I think Boston can keep on rolling. Um, and I'm happily taking him here at plus 110. By the way, I'll, I'll read off some numbers quickly because I pulled up Gray's numbers historically against Boston's active batters. Uh, the active batters have 57 plate appearances against Gray. They're batting 302, and they have a 351 on base percentage. There you go. That's exactly what we want. Okay, double down. Uh, take Boston at plus money. Eight Tennyson first pitch, the Texas Rangers at the Chicago White Sox. Left-handed pitcher. Martin Perez for the Rangers and Michael Kopech will go for the White Sox set. Tight on the books, minus 115 for Texas, minus 105 for the Sox and a total of nine, Dylan. Yeah, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm just going to continue roll with a much better team. Give me the Rangers on the money line. My only concern is that they've played their 25th game in 26 days. So regression might be coming for this team soon, but I don't think it's going to be here against the White Sox. The White Sox are just a bet against team for me right now. They've lost four of their last five games. They're just having a tough time scoring runs. And for a guy that's been better at home, Kopech's hard hit rate has been constantly getting higher and higher. And Martin Perez, I do think we, we see him give up some runs, but in a game where I think we see some runs, I'm going to back the better offense in the shootout. So I'm going to take the Rangers on the short price on the road. Okay, so it's uh, Texas for Dylan. Scott, agree? 
I'm going to go with the over in this one. I am going to lean to okay. Texas in general because I do think it's a cheaper, it's too cheap of a price for a team that's much better than the White Sox. But Perez has really not been good lately, uh, and he's been really bad on the road. He's got a 6.5 ERA on the road. Decent last start against Toronto, six innings, two runs. Start before that, though, three and a third, 10 runs, seven, uh, 10 hits, seven runs against Tampa. Was good against St. Louis to start before that. Then the start before that against Detroit on the road, four and two thirds, six earned runs. So I'm not sold on either pitcher right now. Kopech, I think, has good stuff, but I feel like I'm still waiting for him to fully piece it together. And Texas' offense has been elite all season long. I'm going to lean to Texas on principle, but I am going to go with the over. I think you'll see runs in this game. This is one of those games where I'm quite interested in watching uh, tonight's game, Tuesday's game, which is Yavaldi against Cease, uh, just to see how competitive. Uh, Chicago can be because I've taken the White Sox um, in this one uh, for the Tuesday game and my pick here is going to be the White Sox again um, Perez last two road starts have been terrible and I am a big fan of Kopech so um, my, my selection is the White Sox at minus 105 but I will be watching that game tonight just to see um, if the White Sox can put themselves in the series um, or if Texas look like they're going to steamroll them uh, as per usual the penultimate game uh, tonight is a 9.38 Eastern first pitch between the LA Dodgers and the LA Angels. And the last two games here are both off the board, actually. And it's the Dodgers with a TBD pitcher here, um, while the Angels will send Shohei Otani to the bump. Um, so at that point, not an awful lot I can tell you. We've got no lines. Uh, Otani, 6-2 on the year, 3.29 ERA. The notes I've got are that Otani is much better at all, 266 ERA, much more reliable. Um, and we said this last night, obviously before the series started, we handicapped the Tuesday game. Um, LA, six games above 500 at home. LA Angels, six games above 500 at home. The LA Dodgers are two games below 500 on the road. So uh, depending on who the Dodgers um, send to the, to the hill, um, I'd give the Angels a chance here, um, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the Angels as well. Uh, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but the Dodgers just cannot pitch on the road. And it's been an issue because you're going through the Dodgers the last couple of road games. Uh, you have a pretty bad pitching performance uh, on really just a regular basis. You have seven earned runs against Philly, then no earned runs, which is a good performance, obviously. Five earned, then zero, then six, then nine. And if you want to go even further than that, they gave up 11 to Tampa, five against Tampa, nine against Tampa. They give up a lot of runs. And I'm not sure what the hell that was over the weekend against the Giants at home, but they gave up seven runs in every game or more. They lost 15 nothing on Saturday. They're just not a great baseball team at this point. And I do think that when you're looking at the Angels, I'm not sure how good they are either. And facing off against Kansas City definitely helps pad your record. But I thought they were good. Over the weekend, they should have swept, but they blew that game on Saturday where they led by like six, by like five runs. But still, I'm going to go with Otani in the first five, uh, probably minus a half there, or even maybe the Angels just to win the game comfortably because Otani, you're assuming, is going to pitch relatively well. He might hit another home run. We'll see what happens. But the Dodgers on the road can't pitch. And once again, they're not exactly in great form. The Angels are. So I'll back the hotter team right now at probably a good price because the Dodgers still get a lot of respect that maybe they don't deserve because they haven't exactly been great this year. Give me the Angels' first five minus a half. Like it. Uh, Dylan, T-Ride yeah, on the Angels? 
Yeah, I think Scott laid it out perfect. I think that's how I'd attack this to take him in the first five. Uh, look for a Taylor Ward uh, hit run RBI prop. And good news there is not just a DraftKings special night. You could uh, bet that on BetMGM as well. But um, yeah, look towards Shohei Otani. He's raking the ball as well. I think it might be Michael Grove going for the Dodgers. And I just yeah. quickly looked up yeah, his... I'll, I'll uh, take the Angels with Grove pitching because he's it, uh, yeah. not good. Not good at all. His hard hit rate is... All of them, but two games are over 40%. He gets a lot of fly balls. I think he could get shelled here tomorrow. Plus, I don't trust the bullpen of the Dodgers as well. I think the Angels win here comfortably. Yeah, uh, Case and um, put in the chat that he thinks it's Michael Grove going. Um, we've got a new name to me as well. Sorry, what? Is Roberts on the hot seat? Or is it too early to talk about that? I haven't heard his name at all mentioned in anything. I, I'm just asking because I know the Dodgers have won a title. You can put an asterisk next to it if you want to, but I feel like people expected more from Roberts in general. I'm not, I don't think he's a good manager. I've said it for years, but you're looking at the Dodgers this year, a lot of expectations, big payroll, and yet they're currently in second place. I'm just wondering. Now, it might change. Maybe they'll go on a hot streak in July or August, but... I don't think people are talking enough about how bad this team has been based on expectations. And Roberts, maybe he's on the hot seat. Who knows? Is that the pandemic year that he won? Yeah, that's why it's an asterisk, because they played like 60 games in the season. Exactly. Sorry, Mal. No, you're all right. That's just what I was going to say, Scott. I don't think they've got as much um, stick as some of the other teams, because you've got the Mets, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Padres, amongst others, then possibly the... Teams like the Mariners, Houston. So, yeah, the Dodgers have kind of got away with it because there's been five or six teams in a similar boat and and the Dodgers haven't been, like, egregiously poor. They've just been below their own form and in a competitive division. So, yeah, um, I think you're right. uh, They've kind of got away with it a little bit, but um, that's not going to help them out any. Um, Yeah, uh, C.D. Matthews, uh, a new name in the chat uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. My kid, Bob, who's 11, um, I don't know where him and his mates have got this from, but they've... Um, they've got a new chat up line between them and he just keeps like saying it to random women which is are you from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see and I've no idea where they've got this line from yeah it's awful isn't it Dylan you can write that down you can use that um, I don't even think he knows where Tennessee is like but even his 11 year old mates uh, that's the you can't use that line though uh, at the Mets game because his parents will be there so he's like yeah. oh yeah oh imagine if you were uh, there might be a stunning lady there Dylan that night that could be yeah uh, Oh, could God. be the, the first night of the rest of your life. Use that line on someone tomorrow and re- everyone can report back tomorrow night in the chat funny, and see how we get on this. It's funny. I went to Tennessee in December and you use that and everyone looks at you sideways. So I advocate not to use that line when in Tennessee because there oh, are a okay. lot of beautiful women in Tennessee. They just it's corny. You know, it's cool for 11 year olds, but. When you're getting of age, I don't think people say that. At the La- last time I checked, City Field is in New York, so you should be fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you can't you <laughs> can't hit on people and you can't get belligerent. You know that sounds like a pretty rough time. Not the ideal birthday I want. You know. Yeah. <laughs> last up, easy nine forty-five Eastern first pitch game is off the board. It's the Padres at the Giants. We have you Darvish for San Diego. We have TBD. For San Francisco, I've got no lines and nothing much to add. Scott, uh, anything on this? 
Uh, for this one, I think I got to just go with San Francisco. They've won eight straight. I feel like people have been so focused on the Reds winning nine straight, which makes sense, but people kind of forgot about the Giants. And this team's been really good. Yastrzemski had the walk-off through in Homer yesterday. And that's why I mentioned the Dave Roberts being on the hot seat because the Dodgers aren't even in second place anymore. They're in third place because the Giants leapfrogged them. So that's kind of why I brought it up. But I'm going to go with the Giants here. I know that they don't have a listed pitcher, but I really have not been a fan of Darvish so far this season. 4.74 ERA, and it seems like he's another contract that the Padres decided to you know, give out, which might not work out because his road numbers have been brutal. 6.19 ERA on the road. He's allowed at least four earned in three of the last four starts. The one exception was a home start against the Cubs. But I do think when you're looking at this overall form of the Giants, they're clicking. And Darvish has not been good. So give me the Giants. I think they'll win the game. Dylan, anything on this? Yeah, I think it might be Sean Manaya going for no, okay. uh, over. Over then. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> that that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh I, I like the over. I don't know if I could back him. I know they won eight in a row, but he's just not a guy I really want to back. If you look at most of his games, they're just shootouts, seven five, ten four, eleven six, seven four. Like he's just in a lot of high scoring games. So maybe look towards the over. I I didn't really check the weather either, but uh I really don't know. I can't say anything without any lines, but uh, yeah, I kind of lean towards the over if he's going. Yeah, by the way, I, I, uh, I, yeah, no, yeah, I just wanted to say I love Tennessee. I don't, I don't know what. Sean Manaya has been working as a bit of a piggyback starter. I think he was slated as an opener last week. Followed John Brebia um, along, so you maybe three innings kind of for Manaya. Um, I just had, as Scott did before we we saw um, the picture for the Giants, I just had the Giants down as a blind pick because that's not Udall even guaranteed that been... Manai is going to start. And I know he's been kind of used yeah. midway through as the bullpen guy, so maybe he'll only go like two or, th- two or three innings, maybe. Well, he was he was declared last week and then he didn't. John Brebbia started and Manaya came in and kind of pitched, like yeah. you say, two through to four, four and a half. Um, but Utah has just been rubbish on the road, even though the, the Padres have picked up a little bit. Uh, the Giants got another walk-off last night. But apart from that, um, not much else uh, to go on in this one. I'll tell you what, the YouTube chat has covered some ground tonight. We've gone from uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network wigs being available in the uh, merch store uh, via strippers uh, to religion. And now we're on various terms for unattractive girls, should we say, to put it politely. Um, so, yeah, proper uh, circuitous route around houses tonight. Uh, Dylan, lock and dog, what have you got? Can I go second? Because I'm still looking for a dog. <laughs> Holy shit, we did this last night. Scott, are you ready? Uh, sure, why not? Uh, on, so, then. starting off with the lock on the show, I'm going to go with the Reds run one against the Rockies. I really like Abbott. Just simply put, he's given up no runs, but I watched him in his first appearance, and I thought he looked really sharp, and he's been sharp ever since. The walks are a bit concerning, but we know the Rockies are full of free swingers, so I don't think that that's going to be a bit of an issue because they chase everything. Freeland on the road's been a mess, but it's mostly backing Cincinnati, who I think have a good chance to win the division at this point in time. But you're looking at the potential run line price at home. I'm not sure Votto's going to play in this game or not because Freeland is a lefty, then again, he went deep against Gomber yesterday, and he's also a lefty, so maybe Votto's going to play. But Cincinnati's been really good. The Rockies have not been, and you get to fade the Rockies on the road at a decent price. Give me the Reds' run line as my lock for the show. And for my dog, it's a bit tricky because I don't have many lines up. I would take Seattle if they were an underdog, but I doubt they're going to be. Uh, so I don't think I can actually take them. 
I'm going to go with Boston on the money line as my dog against Minnesota. It's mostly just fading gray with its recent form. The length has not been there, and I think because of that, I'm a bit shocked that they're minus 130. Minnesota's still not a good baseball team. I think they're pretty decent. The Red Sox can hit, but the bullpen's been good lately. Whitlock's been better lately, too. It's mostly just looking at the price and looking at Gray, and I feel like his price is based solely on his season-long reputation as opposed to his recent form. If Gray's not going to go six or seven innings, and you're going to give me multiple innings against this Red Sox offense with Minnesota's bullpen, I like the value. So give me Boston money line as my dog. Okay, love all of that. Scott, Dylan, are you ready now? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to take the Rangers for my lock. Uh, Just simply put, I I do like Martin Perez. I do think regression might be coming, but not against this White Sox team. And I'm not as high on Michael Kopex as you guys are, so I do think he could get shelled with the better offense. So I'm going to take the Rangers at this short price. And for my dog, I didn't give out a lot of plus money, but I do like the no, can't. I will never take the Mets. Uh, uh, give me, give me the Orioles. Uh, little day baseball starts you off twelve o'clock. I, I think Tyler Wells is just a much better pitcher than Taj Bradley right now. I agree, the race should be a favorite at home, but at a plus one thirty, plus one thirty five price, I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tyler Wells and the Orioles uh, on the money line for my dog. Oh uh, yeah, that's a nice pick, Dylan. Like I said, I was scratching around for a dog. I didn't have one. Um, I've gone with Boston in the end, um, plus 110 uh, for the reasons that Scott just stipulated. And for my luck, I think the Atlanta team total um, is in play against Philly. It looks like a kind of a high-scoring game, but um, Nola's just really been struggling. Atlanta have that lineup who can get to absolutely anybody. Um, So I think the Atlanta team total, what will that be? Maybe four and a half, do we think, boys? Uh, it should be. I mean, you're looking at yeah. about eight and a half or nine, and the line's basically a pick 'em, but Atlanta's a slight favorite, so probably four and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Atlanta can usurp that tomorrow. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is that. Uh, Dylan, anything you want to tell us about before we let the people go? Oh, nothing. I've said enough uh, this episode. Um, gotta, <laughs> gotta, are- I got to fucking, I don't know. I got to go to the dentist. My right tooth is killing me. So that's that's the on the agenda for sweets? me. Uh, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a big sweet guy, to be <laughs> honest. I just, to be honest, I lack <laughs> brushing the teeth every night. I think that's the problem. <laughs> What's oh, so funny? It's just a, it's too many sweets. It's just a really funny thing to say. Sorry, it just tickles me. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty dry. Scott, what's going on for you? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I'm in full recovery mode from Vegas, but it's nice to be back on the show. Uh, I never took a victory lap for sweeping the last appearance, so hopefully I'll keep it rolling on this one. Uh, besides that, though, uh, nice to be back and looking forward to being on the MLB show moving forward. It's been fun. Uh, you know, I found out that I've had a much better time following baseball when I'm not watching my team play. I stole that move from Dylan because the Yankees have been too painful to actually watch. But other than that, though, happy to be back. And it's nice to uh, hopefully cash a couple more winners on the baseball card. See, this is what I love about my following American sports is that I don't have any teams. Like, I've got enough um, problems following teams. No, I don't. I want to be able to do all of this unencumbered by the abject misery that normally accompanies being a sports fan. I have that. like a single person talking about sports as opposed to like, you know, I'm in a relationship with the Yankees. Dylan's with the Mets. 
it's not fun. You know, the relationship's on the fritz, but we're in too deep, so we can't, like, file for divorce. Yeah, yet. well, that's me not- in Newcastle United. So if I had a, like, if I picked the Mets, that would, like, be a side chick, but, like, a crazy, ugly side chick. There's no point. I don't need that, like. Um, New- Newcastle, no- they got a makeover, maybe a little, little bit of lipo. They had a good year. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, uh, they spent a few spent a few quid on their appearance lately, uh, which goes a long way. But after 40 years of misery, um, I think it's about time I was due a little bit of luck. But no, I, I do enjoy not having a team that uh, are going to ruin all of this for me. Um, yeah, I'm just on London countdown now. Um, what, two more two more sleeps before I head off on Friday, so I'll keep you posted on how all that's going. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. That was... Um, Loads of fun. And like I say, we did cover a lot of ground in there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow um, in some variation or other. Good luck with all your bets in the meantime. Um, and until tomorrow, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.